What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode eight of Keeping It Real with Kiesel. Um, this week, we're going to touch on kind of some uh, interesting topics, right? We're going to touch on kind of everything that's been going on recently in terms of current events, kind of the social injustice, uh, injustices, um, you know, different organizations, sports leagues, whatever, coming out and taking a stand against, um, you know, police brutality and things like that. And uh, I honestly just want to give you guys my perspective. Um, kind of give you my opinion and my experiences. Um, you know, I think for the longest time with everything going on, I've been at a point where I've kind of kept quiet just because I had my own story. Um, when it came to, you know, run-ins with the police and things like that. And, you know, I, you know, I, there's a lot of people uh, voicing their opinions more than anything. And I didn't want to get my message kind of lost, you know, within everyone else. And I also thought that, Sometimes, you know, it's better just to kind of keep it peace, you know, and it's not that I don't want to voice my opinion or support those that are going through it or I'm not outraged by, you know, the police brutalities, injustices, oppressions, racism, things like that. And it's not that at all because I am. Um, there's a lot of frustration on so many different levels, um, especially just me being, you know, an African-American man in the United States. Um, I remember when everything kind of first started, I think it was right after Labor Day. Um, or no, sorry, Memorial Day. Um, there were riots in Pittsburgh and things like that, and those were the riots were really happening with George Floyd. And I was, I remember, I was telling my mom, I was like, man, this is probably the most unsafe, you know, I felt um, as a as a African American or black man in this country. Um, obviously, the, um, multiple people have been killed. Um, I remember the one guy, I forget his name. Sorry, um, he was running. And the neighborhood and got killed, you know, and my mom's like, because at the time, you know, the gyms were closed and everything. So I was going for runs around uh, the neighborhood and things like that. And my mom was always like, you know, be careful, you know, and I think it was for me, not that I didn't take it seriously, but I was like, man, nobody will mess with me. You know, they know better, <laughs> they know better than that. Um, but it's, it's a serious thing, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are going on that, you know, me only being 28, I'm um, realizing that, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel like that have either changed or we're just throwing light on a lot of things that have been kept in the dark since I've been born or that I've seen, whether it's been on social media or things like that. And I think it's um, it's a very interesting topic, right? And I definitely want to kind of dive into my perspective on the things like that. And I think one of the biggest things for me, uh, I was going to tell you guys my story and the kind of interaction, the one, the one bad interaction that I had with police before. So I was in uh, I was in Providence, Rhode Island. I was in school. It was my, my sophomore year, fall sophomore year, and um, I forget who we were playing. But it was the night before a game, and we always had a team meal at this restaurant called Paragon on Thayer Street in Providence. And uh, we would take the vans over, or whatever. We came back to school, had a quick team meeting, and me and I think one or two of my teammates, we went back to Thayer Street because there was a, a, a frozen yogurt place there. So we're there, you know, going back to back there and got some frozen yogurt and, you know, just everything was normal. And then one of my teammates actually lived down the street. So he's asking if I can drop him off. Like, yeah, no problem. So, you know, I drop him off at his place. Me, my other teammate, I think I had another teammate in the back. We were all headed back to campus, right? And as I'm driving up the hill, um, you know how, like, when you're driving and, like, you know, you kind of just look in cars just to see what's there, what kind of car that is. And, yeah, so I'm driving up the hill. I look to my left and I see um, I see a car that had two. It look when I 
finally realized the kind of car it was. It was like an unmarked police car. And I see that there were two officers sitting in it. I was like, you know, I mean, that doesn't bother me. I can do whatever you want. I don't care. So I was minding my own business. I was going back to campus. So drive up the hill. Um, and then you ever look and you know, you walk, you, you drive past the police officer and you always look in your rear view to see if they're going to come out. Right. So that's what I did. It's just a natural habit. You know, I turn back and I see that they make a quick U-turn. So I'm like, all right, here we go. All right. Um, I got to the stop sign. I made a right. Uh, cause I'm heading back to campus and car follows me. And I, forgot, I couldn't even tell you who my roommate or who I, my teammates I had in the car, but I'm telling them, I'm like, Hey, uh, I think we're about to get pulled over. And they were like, by who? I was like, it's on unmarked car behind me. And they were like, no, we're not. I was like, all right, cool, watch. All right, so calmly, you know, typical traffic stop line, I take a, the stop sign, and then I make a right um, as I'm going back to campus, and lights come on, right? I told you guys, right? So pull over. Uh, we're in a neighborhood or whatever. And um, I was always taught, you know, I'm doing it with the law, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, you know, keep it moving, right? Um, so... As I stop, get pulled over, or whatever, I get all my information out, I get my driver's license and registration, insurance, and all that good things or whatever. And I'm waiting for the police officer to come up. You know, I got the, um, I think the windows, the windows rolled up, yeah, windows rolled up. So I'm um, sitting in the car, I see the police officer get out of the car. I got one on my right, one on the driver's side, and the police officer opened my car door. And first of all, that never happened before, because it was anytime I got pulled over speeding, they were just, you know, roll down the window, whatever. This guy... Uh, pulled up my car door, um, and first time experience this, I'm like, bro, like, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? I was like, whatever. I was like, I was like, can I help you, officer? And he was like, where are you guys going? I'm like, oh, we're just headed back uh, to school. Um, and he was like, uh, where do you guys go to school? I was like, go, uh, we go to Providence College. And there was like a, there was like a uh, smirk of like disbelief on his face. And, um, you know, in traditional, you know, traffic stops or whatever the case is, they ask for at least driver's license, registration, and things like that. Um, and none of that was asked whatsoever. And the guy was like, you have your school ID on you. I'm just like, yeah, sure. You know what I'm saying? Give my school ID. Mind you, just got done a, t- a team meal, right? Pre-game meal. I'm literally decked out in Providence stuff. Like it says Providence Polo. I got a Providence jacket on, like everything says Providence. Like I'm not like a diehard fan. Like you know, I go to school and guy giving my school ID doesn't take it back to the car. doesn't run it or anything like that. Just looks at my ID, uh, gives it back to me. And it's just like, you know, he said, he was like, yeah, there's been like a lot of, um, you know, issues in this area or whatever. We just, you know, do the normal traffic stop. I'm like, Sounds good, sir. Whatever, right? And mind you, I lived in that area over the summer. It's actually a really nice area. It's on Brown's campus. And all of you that don't know what Brown University is, one of the you know most pristine universities in the United States is the Ivy League school. You don't think they would put Brown's campus in the middle of the hood, right? I didn't think so. But anyway, um, and you know, I, obviously, I had people in the car with me, and you know, they were like, you know, that was like really illegal. I was like, what was? And they were like, can't open somebody's car door, and. And just and except there was didn't ask for my license, didn't ask for my registration, didn't ask for anything like that, right? So there's a lot of things that are that a lot of red flags are going up at this point, right? And I'm just like, why? And to be fair, I can't speculate. You know, what I'm saying I didn't press charge or anything like that. I'm just like, man, I'm ready to go back to campus. Like, uh, as a as a human being, you feel a little bit, you know, demoralized or less than a human when somebody's like, um you know, just not doing what they should be doing in terms of, you know, 
taking the oath in terms of whatever they do in terms of the, the law enforcement. And I know a lot of people have different views on, you know, police and things like that. And I have, you know, multiple friends that are police officers. I think one of my best friends that I played with at Providence is a, is a police officer in Boston, right? Um, I know a couple of people that I actually coached at uh, different universities are in the law enforcement. And I know those are good people, right? Now, I'm not saying that all police officers are bad, but with everything, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, right? I've talked to multiple other people that have had runnings with the law and like there's been things that haven't been done to code. And to be fair, none of us, like I said, I don't know what code is. I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I just know that you can't be opening my door um, and asking for my school ID on some, you know, BS of like this area has had a lot of issues. I'm like, sir, like, I go to college, like you can call wherever you want to, to prove that. Um, but this is, I think a lot of people don't understand of just like, you know, with everything going on right now and the protests and the, you know, kneeling and the black lives matter and everything like that. Right. It has nothing. I'll, I'll reiterate this for anybody that has any kind of confusion over it. it has nothing to do with, um, you know, hating the military it has nothing to do, um, you know, with disrespecting the flag or nothing like that. My dad served, I don't know how many years in the United States Air Force. You know what I'm saying? I literally went on base. Like I used to not, I didn't live off base, but I used to go to Dover Air Force Base in Dover, Delaware all the time when I was growing up, right? So I know exactly what the flag meant to him and everything like that, right? Especially coming from someone that wasn't even born here, right? My dad was born in Barbados. So it's, um, you know, the, the mindset's different, but the thing about it is, you know, the things that we're seeing now, that's being streamed and going viral on social media of the, the police brutality. Right. And it's not even, obviously, you know, the majority of it is what we see is, you know, blacks and African-Americans, but there are multiple other videos of whites as well. And Latinos that are getting, um, absolutely brutalized, um, for people that aren't that from officers that aren't doing anything. Right. And, um, things like that, even my own experience doesn't sit well with me. I'm just like, man, like, if I knew what to do in that situation, I would have done it, right? I'm a 21-year-old kid. Actually, yeah, uh, what was that? No, I was a 20-year-old kid um, in a different state, you know, just going to school to play soccer, just coming back to going back to campus after getting Froyo. And I'm getting stopped on some, there's a lot of suspicious activity in this area. No and behold, that I know that that's not true at all because I lived in that area and there's no issues on Brown's campus in terms of anything like that. Right. So, um, it's at the end of the day, everything is frustrating because you, for me, right. 20, 28 years old. Um, and everything that you teach, everything that we're taught in terms of high school and middle school, in terms of American history, in terms of the segregation, civil rights, um, all that stuff. And, and you would think that by the year 2020, um, all this stuff would be done with, right. We'd be at a new way of thinking and, include inclusion of so many different people and things like that and it's it's frustrating right i think it's so frustrating that like you know because uh, to be fair you could comply as much as you want to but at the end of the day um the person that's making the call is the one with the badge right and the last thing that i ever try to do is get into a confrontation i was raised I was, even when i remember when i first got my car when i was 16 um you know i had a conversation with both my parents at any time that um you know, I get stopped by the police, especially if it's at night, right? You know, make sure you roll down all your windows. You turn all the lights on in the car so they can see exactly what's going on. Your hands are at 10 and 2. Um, your All your information is in your lap, and it's yes, sir, no, sir, and that's it.
right? No back talk, no smack talk, no sarcasm, nothing like that. Because they, they were saying, my, my talk growing up was like, they will, you know, lock you up. You know, my uncle used to say, quick, fast, and in a hurry, right? So I think one of the biggest things, um, and I still do that now, right? Every time that I ever got pulled over, no matter what time of day, it's just a natural thing. I turn the lights on, roll the windows down, hands attended to, and I don't do nothing until the police officer shows up. Because at the end of the day, like, I think one of the biggest things that sometimes a lot of people forget um, is, you know, what, the way you look at it is things about perspective. Um, like I said, I know a lot of people that are police officers and that are good people, so I know that they wouldn't do anything like that. Um, but you also have to realize that with that, uh, with that territory in terms of being an officer, uh, they just want to get home to their loved ones too. Right. And even for me, even if I'm getting stopped at the end of the day, all I want to do is go home safely as well. Right. And, um, if there's any message that I could say to anybody, whether you're, you know, one side or the other, um, it's just, you know, just don't do anything stupid, right? And it's already bad enough as it is with everything going on in the world and no need to add more fuel to the fire. Um, I understand that we need to speak out and we need to voice our opinions and we need to make sure that our voices are heard. I'm 100% agreeing with you. And that's part of the reason why I even did the podcast to help out whoever anyway, right? So my, so my perspective can be heard and voice can be heard. But at the end of the day, we have to make sure that we're not adding more fuel to the fire and we're making it known that, hey, like, listen, I understand you want to go home. I want to go home. I want to be as safe as possible. Just do whatever you're supposed to do in terms of your check, right? Check my license, registration, all that stuff. Um, tell me what I did wrong. And then we go from there, right? Now, if I disagree with you, you're saying it's something outlandish or whatever. You're saying that I fit a description. Um, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm sure I can come up with some way to prove to you that I wasn't at that point in time, whatever the case is, but making sure that, you know, we do it with the utmost respect um, and we're making sure that we're doing things by the book, you know, and I'm not saying that you need to fall by the, not, you know, hold yourself pride in when things are being wrong. You don't speak out about it, but remember at the end of the day, everyone wants to go home safely. Right. And I think another topic that I definitely want to touch on with this episode um, is kind of, you know, how we are as a country in terms of racism. Right. Racism. I, mean, I could tell you guys an example. Um, 2016, I was playing for Harrisburg. Right. And we went to we were away game at FC Cincinnati. And um, they have this one side of the field where the, their fan section is called the Bailey. And um, I remember I was at a point I was, it was second half, maybe first or second half. I can't remember. But, um, you know, I had hearing, you know, you, I mean, you're playing in front of 25, 30,000 people. So sometimes it's just like a buzz more than anything. But when you have the fans kind of right on top of you, you can kind of hear things pretty clearly. And um, and this goes, I don't, I don't know if anything was ever even brought up. I, don't, I can't remember. But it was such a long time ago. I can't even tell the coaches about it. But um, there was a point in the game where the ref came over to me and asked me if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, like, you know, I wasn't, th you know, worried about it. But there were apparently there, whether it was from my defense or another team that, like, there were being, like, racist chants being um, put out, put on me or whatever the case is, or, or set towards me, um, you know. And, no, and, and there's no, I'm not giving anybody any credit by any way, shape, or form. But, you know, I was wearing all yellow, right? And I was me being black, you know, it was the whole gorilla, you know, banana, things like that. And, like, you know, if, you hear about these racist things in sports all the time, right? And it's kind of like 
like um, if you were that kid in high school or middle school where they'd have those talks about, you know, Relay for Life and cancer and how many people at how many how many people in the audience have had somebody affected by cancer and you're the one that hasn't. This was the same thing in terms of racism. I would hear all this stuff online on different players across the world um, getting racist chants or whatever from different fans. And up to that point, that never happened to me. Right. Um, but that was the first time. And, you know, to be fair, I, and a lot of I feel like a lot of people don't understand it unless they've been, you know, actually racially, you know, brutalized or whatever the case is or whatever. But like being made fun of or the color of your skin is just something that's like absolutely disgusting and, and repulsive. Right. And because the thing about it is, um, you know, and this is across the world. Right. If I would take a knife and cut you know, my forearm and I tell you, you take a knife and you cut forearm, we're both going to bleed the same color. So at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters, you know, what color on the outside you are. We're all going to bleed the same color at the end of the day. Um, but soccer wise, right. Doing with a sport that I love and I played, you know, with my heart and passion for so many years, that was the first time that I ever got a sour taste in my mouth, um, from the fan sake or fan side of it, where I was, um, being, you know, and to be fair, it affected me in an, after the game, right? During the 90 minutes, I was very compartmentalized. I was focused on the game. And uh, I know I had a, I did have a good game. You know, we lost in Georgia, but I did have a good game. And um, didn't let that bother me. But afterwards, the the, the absolute frustration and um, – what's the word? You know, you just, don't, you just don't feel like a person, right? You feel less than a person more than anything where you're getting criticized or uh, abused because of the color of your skin. Yeah, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. And, um, you know, I was back 2016 over 2020 now, and then everything's just getting put out more, right? And everyone's coming out and standing behind that we're, we're not in support of these injustices and things like that. But it's it's how long, how much longer do we have to deal with this stuff at the end of the day, right? And it's not just as Black people, but I think it's as a, as a whole country as a whole, right? How much longer is the racism going to continuously um, be prevalent in our society? Right. And, you know, it's just it's to be fair with the way that social media works. It's just going to get worse. Right. Anytime that police show up um, here, there or anywhere, it's going to be put on social media. Right. With more of these protests um, and how uh, people that are you know peacefully protesting and getting treated. It's absolutely ridiculous. The whole Rittenhouse thing man, is that is ridiculous. How can a 17 year old have an AK or an AR-15 uh, when that's illegal to have in the first place? Right. There's no there's no checking of that. Um, you know, and it's just, it's frustrating. Right. And it's just, at this point in time, you know, being we're September 2nd of 2020, you know, I feel like everything's on eggshells and it only takes one, um, one person just to set it off and throw us back 50, 60 years. And we're at this hatred again. Right. And I remember when all this stuff first started, like, I, I don't think I've ever seen me in my 28 years, um, I don't think I've ever seen the country so divided in my life. Um, and I always ask the question, what what needs to happen to get us back to where we need to be or where we should be at this day and age, right? Um, and to be fair, I don't have the answer to that. I really don't. I think a lot of the issues come from ideologies. I think it comes from a place of hate. Um, you know, I think you know, one thing that I know for me as I get older and at the point when I'm ready for kids and have kids is teach my kids how to love everyone, right? It doesn't matter what you look like, matter your hair color, skin color, eye color, six foot five, four foot nine, you know, at the end of the day, we're all the same people. And 
I think it's frustrating that, and it's it's sad that we're at a point where it's not going to get any better. And it's not just here in the U.S., right? This is across the world. Um, you know, people are coming together and realizing the the oppression that you know not just African Americans here in the states or Black people in general as a whole have been dealing with a lot over you know the last couple hundred years. And it's you know it's it's interesting. Right. It's interesting. And even now. Right. You know, even talk to you guys today, anytime that, you know, I'm riding around or driving around to go here or go there. Um, anytime that I see, you know, a you know police vehicle, whatever the case is, like it's always, you know, looking over my shoulder, making sure I'm doing everything. You know, I, I, it's like it's like a subconscious. Like I need to slow down. I need to make sure I'm not doing anything like that makes me suspicious or makes me fit a description or anything like that. Right. It's just now this whole subconscious that we have to teach ourselves that we're like, hey, like if you're in any type of situation where you got to figure out what's going on or make sure, make sure you're good because you don't want to be the next one on Instagram of being a victim of police brutality for something that you didn't even do. Right. Um, and I think for me, like, isn't anytime that I see police sirens, bro, I'm, I'm going the opposite way. I'm not even trying to involve myself in that stuff. Right. Um, and at the end of the day, like I'm not saying, and, and I don't want to make this sound like all police officers are bad because they're not, I know they're not right. But, um, with the consistent things that I've seen over the last probably couple of years, probably since the start of Trayvon Martin, um, it makes the interaction uneasy, right? And I'm sure I'm not the only one, right? Um, it makes the perception fearful because I don't want to be the next one, right? Um, it's it makes it makes just living just the every day to day life have a little bit more fear to it because you don't know if something's going to happen. And you're fearing for your life because of, you know, somebody, whether telling a lie, blaming you for something you didn't do or anything in between. And it's, um, and it'd be fair. I, I obviously I know I'm doing the podcast and things like that, but like I said, I know other people that have lived a lot longer than me that have been dealing through with their entire lives. Right. And I'm not the only one. I'm, 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 they're not the only one. It's just for what I see from my perspective in my past experiences that I had in Providence, um, and dealing with it in sports, um, it's something that makes everything, you know, so much harder to deal with um, in terms of just living day by day, you know, and the last thing that I want for anybody is to deal with what's going on um, here right now because it's just, it's just not a good place to be, right? And I think we got to come together as a country. We have to come together as a society, one, to make sure that we are, that our, you know, our voices are heard. And I think a lot of the, um, whether it's, politicians, celebrities, athletes, things like that have come out and have, you know, voiced their opinion and, or even businesses, companies, corporations that, you know, they're not standing for injustices, um, police brutality and things like that. And it's great, right? I think that's one small step that we are making, but we still have so much, much longer. We have so further to go to even get anywhere closer um, to a level playing field. Right. And you can look at so many different, you know, statistics and things like that, that traditionally, you know, minorities, you know, get less in terms of opportunities, in terms of the workplace um, or, you know, pay structure or whatever the case is. Right. And there's so many things that we can hit on so many different avenues to help this get to a level playing field. And I know I have friends that are all different races. Right. That 
um, either believe the same thing or not. And to be fair, I'm, I'm not a political person more than anything. Um, so whether you're Republican, Democrat, Independent, Biden, Trump, anything in between, right? At the end of the day, to me, that doesn't matter. But, you know, I think it does matter that collectively we need to come together and realize that, like, things that are we see on social media in terms of these videos aren't right. And you could twist it any way, shape, or form. There's also so many other officers, not just here in the in this country, but also around the world, that can de-escalate a situation without one pulling a handgun out, or two doing bodily injury, injury, uh, injury, uh, bodily harm. Sorry, um, to the person that's either in trouble, causing issues, or things like that. Right now, obviously, I understand. Like I said, everyone wants to go home at the end of the day safely, and you know they have a gun for a reason. That's to protect themselves. We have to make sure that that protection is going towards the right use, and it's not um, used in a, in a matter that's gonna in a matter that's unjust more than anything. I think everyone, no matter how bad people are, um, has the opportunity to get themselves heard, right? And I don't know how everyone feels about that, but people do things for certain reasons, right? And it's not just because it's not just because you know, whatever, there's a, there's a, there's a thought process behind it, right? We all do things for certain reasons, right? And it's kind of based on past experiences. People hate because they were taught to hate, right? Nobody's ever taught. Nobody's, um, people are, people love because they were taught to love and people hate because they were taught to hate, right? When people are, when babies are born, they don't know what anything is, right? They learn that from the, the, um, what's it called? their surroundings, right? Their upbringings, you know, what their parents here, their family members here, their close friends here. And that's how they shape their ideologies um, and what they think is right and wrong and things like that. So if you have people that hate a certain type of demographic of people and they were brought up on hate, I mean, that's just kind of self-explanatory. If you have people that love everyone and, you know, are polite and professional and respect everyone, whether they're the CEO of a company or the janitor, um, then, you know, it was a different upbringing. And if we can have that, spread around, right? The people that are raising their kids now or just having kids, right? Being able to have that opportunity of like, listen, no matter who you come across in this world, no matter who, whether they're a Fortune 500 owner, um, they're a salesman, they're athlete, celebrity, accountant, banker, physician, whoever, or even it's a janitor, a waiter, whatever, you treat them the exact same that you would treat and show the respect to somebody that was in a higher up position. Because at the end of the day, like I said at the beginning, if we all take a knife and we cut our forearm, we're all gonna bleed the exact same color. And that's red, right? So no matter where you come from, no matter what country you were brought up in, no matter what side, what part of the country you were brought up in, right? Um, we have to be on the same page that we all are one people. And we have to come together and at the end of the day, the only evil that we have are those that hate others for just the color of their skin. And I don't think that's right. I don't think you, I wouldn't hate anyone because they're white. I wouldn't hate anyone because they're black, because they're brown, uh, whatever. At the end of the day, we're all one people. And my message today as I'm closing here is just to make sure that um, definitely spread love to those that are around you, no matter who they are. Be able to set the precedent that, hey, like I'm at a point in my life where we see the chaos, we see the burnings, we see the 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 killings, we see the the division of our country, and the only way that we're going to be able to glue that back together is by coming together. 
right? So whether this message goes viral or it just gets brought me in the camera, at the end of the day, show love to those that you want to be show love back to, right? You respect those that you get respect back from um, and making sure that you treat your neighbor as that you want to be treated. And if you have, if you don't like somebody because of how they think, that's different than how they look, right? You might not be able to agree with somebody because of their political views or their ideologies or whatever, but if you guys can come to the agreement that all people should um, be treated the same, then you're okay in my book. And I think that's one of the biggest things we have to continuously preach, not just to ourselves that are older, but also to the, the next generation. Um, we have to realize, right, we're dealing with a lot right now with this pandemic and a lot of kids are seeing a lot of this stuff on social media. Uh, and they need to know that police aren't all bad. And whether you're black, white, Mexican, um, Latino, Hispanic, Asian, Indian, uh, European, African, Southeast Asian, whatever, that we're all one people and we all should be treated the exact same with the utmost respect, dignity, and trust, right? And um, the color of your skin shouldn't sway your opinion on somebody one way or the other. Now, if they're a bad person, different story, but um, never to pass judgment based off of somehow one looks uh, because they might be the nicest person in the world. I have people, you know, even, I kid you not, even when I was in on Providence, on Providence, I used to walk down the street uh, on campus, and I would see people literally hop on the other side of the sidewalk to avoid walking next to me. I'm like, listen, that's that's your ideology if you think I'm a dangerous person wearing Providence College athletic stuff on campus. That's on you. But I know for a fact that I'm a great person. I'm a nice guy. And just because of the color of my skin, you shouldn't feel intimidated, right? Because my skin isn't intimidating. It just makes me an awesome person more than anything. And I'm very comfortable in my skin. And I love everything about who I am as a person. Now, um, as I finish up, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that this is something that I'm passionate about. Um, I'm all for change. I'm all for all all of us being on the same uh, playing field, making sure that we're all together in this and we're all going to continuously grow as a country, as a community, and we're looking for the positives. Um, we have to get rid of the bad apples more than anything because those are the people that aren't going to make society any better. And we have to come collectively to do that. But listen, I definitely thank each and every one of you again for listening. Um, Keeping It Real with Kiesel, episode eight. Uh, you can follow on all social media outlets, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Keeping It Real, KB. Um, shoot me an email uh, at keepingitrealkb at gmail.com. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys and talking to you guys again next week. Um, I definitely got some... Um, guests coming up for my first guest in the couple in the next couple of weeks as well but thank you guys again for listening um share it like it comment um you know and let's try to help this message grow you know that we're not for injustices we're not for oppression we're not for racism we're here to to all live together in harmony right um peace love and many blessings for each and every one of you and i hope you guys enjoy uh the rest of your week have a good one guys